Welcome back to the Gnostic Informant, and you are about to attain true Gnosis. And not only that, it is the creed, the uh, the Nicene Creed, basically is happening right now. We're decreeing the atheist church. Not really, but you know, we're just fucking around. But uh, let me just run a thirty-second countdown just to get some people jumping in, so we can we're not just you know, so we can give sure. it give a couple seconds. now live and um so yeah tom jump tom old jump no i'm just kidding it does look like trump a little bit when you see it like when you see it from a distance you're like oh no does that say trump no it's just yeah yeah but, uh, a lot yeah corrects trump on google sometimes it's, it's tom old j jump yeah yeah um, but yeah you are the only person i know who can equally piss off atheists and theists at the same time in one conversation can be done yeah for sure. and uh and i think the reason why is your sort of peculiar ideas on atheism and if you want to kind of run that through a little bit what you think about sort of organizing things a little better maybe is that uh, sure so yeah one of the big things that i want to do is have like an atheist church i think that there are lots of good things that churches do like uh, bringing people together having community having a uh, source where people can help those in need if you like lose a lose a home or lose a car you can you have a big group of people who are willing to help um having a group that you can like do stuff together events regular sunday events ted talks lectures dances whatever uh having that that community aspect is something that atheists do very badly we don't we don't have we don't have the skill level of the the christians who just are very very good at having that community and so i say i think it's something we can learn from i also like the fact that Christians say, oh, atheism is a church. Atheism is a religion. I kind of want to own that. I want to be like, yeah, yeah, atheism is a religion and it's better than yours. Um, so I think there's a lot of benefits to church and religion that atheism is missing. And I would like to capitalize on those and bring them into the atheist community more. Now, this naturally arises lots of questions like, like ethic codes. Is is there is there a, you have something in mind like some sort of code? Um, sort of no, no pedo priests. Okay. Stage one. <laughs> that's the number. That's the first commandment. Yeah, first commandment. Um, Thou should not be a pedo priest. Yes. Uh, well, I I would, so I would base the atheist religion around my model of morality, my objective model of morality, which is that any involuntary position of will is wrong. So basically, the the heaven or whatever would just be. The ideal world where it's impossible to force anyone to do anything they don't consent to so no one can punch you kick you kill you anything if you don't consent to it it can't happen um, if you don't consent to a rock falling on you it can't happen that to me would be what heaven would really be like so like you can imagine this as being a place where everybody gets their own universe you can design it however you want and you can go to other people's universes if you consent to their rules and you can invite people to yours you can do whatever you want essentially and that would be a far better idea of heaven than obviously the Christian Christian one. It would be a a good goal for humanity. I think this model of morality is something that we could implement for like artificial intelligence. We could use it as a 
uh, guideline to see how could we how can we get as close as possible to this world given our limitations like obviously there's lots of things we can't do like uh stoplights eliminating prisons like there are lots of impositions on will that are necessary to prevent things in the world but there's lots of things we can do like in my model it would be a moral imperative to decrease the cost of living as much as possible for everybody uh it would be a moral imperative to legalize non-harmful drugs or minimally harmful drugs like marijuana to give everyone the same human rights essentially uh to value each human as an individual there's lots of things that we can do to make the world closer to the best of all possible worlds where it's impossible to force anyone to do anything they don't consent to um and the goal of the religion the the mission statement would be to try and make this world or make our world as close as possible to that best of all possible worlds um yeah i have a couple questions on what you just said but I do have a super chat already from mr monster and he says does the church have to be holy yes uh, we're going to drill holes all over it <laughs> every single wall holy that's <laughs> that's perfect perfect answer and then it will have a lot of ventilation so everyone can breathe good. You know, that's one. Yeah. Yep. One it's going to suck in Minnesota because the snow is just going to kill us. But it's going to do it. We got to have the holy church. But it's it got to be holy. Be right, holy. Right. Um, so you're talking about bringing down the stand, the cost of living. Now, that kind of gets political, right? Now, you kind of you kind of have to get into government to do that, don't you think? Nope. Nope. Uh, okay. So obviously, there's implementing this on a government level is actually really hard. Implementing it on a private level is really easy. So one of the ways to do this would be to, if we get enough funding, to buy a, an apartment complex that is church-owned. If we're going to be a religious organization, then it's going to be a, as a religious organization, it's tax-exempt, so we don't pay property taxes. So like a given uh, apartment building pays about $400,000 in property taxes every year, which we wouldn't have to pay. And then we can give those savings back to the tenants so we can decrease their cost of living. And since it's a nonprofit and the CEO doesn't get paid $10 million a year, we can give those savings back to the tenants and the employees, give them a living wage. So uh, as a church, we can fund these kinds of organizations and get apartment buildings and just do it. We can just give the tenants the lower cost of living. We don't yeah, need to go through the government. And there's no, you wouldn't have to pay taxes because you're a church. Now that's interesting. Now that opened. Now that's something that's tangible and real now because that brings a lot of benefits to the team. And here now, have you looked into? Has anyone tried doing this? Has anyone tried just starting a church that wasn't really based off any metaphysical thing? Yeah, there's the Universalist Church, which I think isn't based on anything. And then Anthony Bourdain, I think. No, that's, that's the he the, yeah the button, button. Yeah, I think it's Anthony De Button or something. He started the secular. Sunday assembly in the UK, which is very similar. Really? Yep. And how's that going? Pretty good as far as I know. I don't really keep up on it, but it, yeah. it was pretty successful at the time. So I think it's still going as far as I know. And I know Elaine DeButton. His name is Elaine DeButton. That was it. If they, if they can pull that off over there, they could. we could definitely pull it over here. It's like, it's sort of like written in our uh in our constitution constitution yeah like church and state being separated and like providing for churches and letting them kind of do their own thing is like sort of a thing over here you know what i mean yeah. so it's like if we're going to allow people to just be proven wrong scientifically historically logically but still have their churches running due based off the law they're protected by the law then why can't somebody like you or any like a group of people start a yeah. church based off whatever they believe in 
and do the same thing and do, have well, fundraisers and all that stuff. Fun fact, uh, you know John Oliver, the guy late night TV show host. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He made his own. He made a whole episode of him starting his own church on his HBO channel. He would do something like that. That's something he would do. Yeah, so you can make these off of pretty much anything you want. Like, there's not much restriction legally on the religious stuff in America. Which one of the benefits of this is is that if we ever wanted the government to tax churches, one of the ways to do it is to start a church and have it get enough property um, to inspire the government to want to tax churches so as a consequence of this you can use the gaining properties gaining tenants and things and not having to be taxed as an incentive to cause the government to want to actually tax churches which would be a great benefit nice yeah like i didn't i didn't honestly when i started when i before i did the stream i didn't think i was you were going to make sense to me but i just wanted to try it out but this is actually starting to make a little bit of sense now now cool j Ledge is saying, Tom, I've heard you bring up communities past few days. And all I could find in my area is a humanist group. Yeah, humanist groups are usually just another word for atheist groups. So there's the Minnesota humanist or the humanists of Minnesota, and then the Minnesota atheists where I am, and then the campus atheist, skeptics, and humanists. But yeah, atheist groups aren't really very common. There's not a big uh calling to them because they're really hard to fund. Uh it's really hard to get a group and start it and then get enough funding to keep it going because atheists aren't as centralized in their ideology as Christians are. And so it's much harder to build these groups. And as it's just gaining popularity, I think we're up to like 20 something percent in America right now. Uh, it's much harder to build those communities than it is in the Christian place. And they've, and they have like, one of the things I'm really impressed by Christians is they have streamlined the process of building churches, applying to the government. You can find all these kind of help resources online of how to do it if you want to start your own church. It's very, very well organized and communal in the fact that other churches will help you, even if they disagree with you. Um, and so I think that that aspect of the community and the very professionalism behind their business strategy is something that we're missing in the atheist community and why there isn't as many atheist organizations as there are churches. Yeah. Now, so like you got nonprofit organizations and you got charities what separates this from that basically is this more like a like is this actually like a what do you think uh yeah so well i mean from a tax standpoint nonprofits and charities do have to file taxes churches okay. don't so okay. that's one of the big things that's uh, big. second it's pretty big yeah yeah, it's definitely, it's a huge thing. So <laughs> like there's a, there's a big tax database uh, for the IRS that you can check all nonprofits and charities, go through their taxes, be, make sure they're legit. Try to find Joel Olstein on there. Nothing. So those big churches that get paid millions of dollars and have a Ferrari in his backyard, they don't pay, they don't pay taxes they, they, or they don't, they don't report their taxes to show that they're not cheating the system. So that's a big thing. Secondly is this, I don't want this to just be a nonprofit and charity. I want it to be an ideology. I want it to be a goal for humanity, something that is uh, more than just, we're just trying to help people. I want this to be like, this is actually a thing. And so that's why I'm grounded in my objective morality. I want this to be an actual ideology or grounded in an ideology, not just grounded in a goal. Okay. So now we're getting somewhere grounded in ideology, which means wouldn't there have to be something written, some sort of, yep. okay. Now, what do you think about that? How would that go about people just write whatever they if people just write stuff and no it's mine like, it's my my objective morality so the written thing would be based on the objective morality the uh best of all possible worlds no involuntary imposition of will the stuff i mentioned in the beginning okay so yeah now i'm trying to figure out how to, how to phrase this so when so you have like would you have like actual churches laid out in different areas people could go to and like have a gathering of people yeah wise 
Absolutely. So the goal would be to set up as well, one of those, just set up one of them and try to make it profitable and then expand to uh, other cities. But yeah, the goal would be to have a church, have a local church or a building. We could just buy a church. That would be great. Host TED Talks, host debates, host events from the local atheist groups, lectures, have dances, uh, plays, all this, the interesting stuff that we can do as atheists and uh, scientific Scientific lectures bring in Richard Dawkins talking about biology or whatever. Other philosophers or other professors from local colleges to have conversations and lectures about different philosophical topics. There's lots of different things we could do. Um, and that would definitely be something that would be a part of this would be to have those churches in order to build community, to build awesome events that we can bring people into that are free and it's not like charged. And you can just pass around a little the collection basket and you can donate if you want to, donate if you can. And if you can't, that's fine. Um, right. So yeah, absolutely. I think that the church organization as a method to bring people together and to have events that you can collectively enjoy is a huge benefit of Christianity that we're missing in the atheist community that I'd love to have. So absolutely. I want a church that we can host debates in all the time. It's not a bad idea actually, but like now when, when you, when you get into objective morality, this is where I think it's going to, people are going to start to start splitting apart because obviously everybody thinks that it's different. And so is, is it really like, how do you get to an objective morality? That's the thing. Well, I think that evidence for morality is evidence of anything in science. We see a phenomenon and we say, okay, what is the pattern in the phenomenon? In morality, there's this thing called moral progress. It seems like um, moral action. And it's not like, it's not just random. It doesn't just change like, oh, let's drown babies. This culture like, yeah, drown babies, good. Yeah, and this baby, this culture is like, no, drown babies, bad. It's not random. There seems to be a very consistent <laughs> change in the way in which morality is evolving like um women's rights gay rights lgbtq rights um abolishing slavery giving people more dignity uh, child's rights vegans veganism animal rights everything seems to be going in the pattern that the more resources and intelligence we have the um, the scope of morality seems to increase and the value of conscious agents seems to increase and so this pattern that is there seems to indicate that it's not just subjective. It's not relative. It's not cultural. There is a pattern there. And this pattern exists across cultures. And really, really good evidence would be as if the, this pattern existed on other planets. Like if we discovered other species, other animal, other kinds of life outside of humanity, and they had the same pattern, then this would be really good evidence that this morality thing isn't just a cultural thing of humans, for sure. And if we found other species like artificial intelligences that didn't evolve, that would be really good evidence that this morality thing isn't just an evolutionary thing either. And I think if we do discover life in other planets and we do get AIs, we will find that this pattern does exist in those things. And so if that's the case, and if anyone anyone out there accepts or believes that this would be the case, then it's a good reason to believe that, yeah, there probably is some objective morality thing out there that we haven't discovered yet. My, I think it's just like a law of nature or something, some emergent property, some fundamental part of the nature of the universe we just don't understand yet. And which is why we would see these patterns that are across multiple species, multiple life forms across other planets. Why do they all have the same pattern? Well, because there's something fundamental there that we just haven't discovered yet. Yeah, you made a really good point. And it's uh, the more scientific knowledge we have, the more, the, the, I guess, the more objective morality gets. Because a lot of times you hear people, theists will say or like you know t different types of religious people muslims christians whatever well we have morality in us already it's it's in us like it's just god gave it to us it just came from nowhere and then you're like okay so then why 
Why is slavery in the Bible? Why do we just figure out later on that slavery is bad? Why is things like uh, treating women equally to men? Why did we figure that out after the Bible if it was already in us? And another thing, it's like, if morality really is in us, then why do we even need a Bible to begin with? Shouldn't we all just be perfectly moral people? Because it's in us, right? So obviously there's something, there's an evolution of morality happening due to experiences, due to knowledge, due to science. We figure things out over time. Like it sucks getting sacked by another country. We sh- Maybe we shouldn't sack other countries. You know what I'm saying? Like that happened over time. We learned these things through experience. We didn't just wake up one day and said, oh, I figured it out. Like God gave it to us. Yeah, absolutely. The The fact that we, if there was a God thingy that was perfectly moral, he wouldn't need to like give us some intermediate laws like every few years. Like, oh, this is a good law, but you know, in a few years, we're going to change it a bit. Change <laughs> my mind on this one. So, so yeah, God could just be like, okay, here are all the correct laws. Here's the objective morality. But then what we see in religions is that it changes to match our cultural progress. Like today we see this example of progressive Christianity where Christians are more open and accepting of the LGBT community, which is a really good thing, I think, um, which is very contrary to the, the culture, especially in, in the, the southern states. But this is not actually a weird thing. It seems weird, but it's actually really, really common. Because if we compare the current southern states' religious perspectives to, to Christians 500 years ago or 1,000 years ago, they were far more strict. They were far more Bethlehem Baptist, literalist, bad Christians that were much more judgmental, like even in the 1950s, uh, being gay was seen as very, very bad, um, something that you could go to prison for. And back in the Crusades, they would just kill you or put right. you in prison. So the moral progress of what we see in the Southern states today is the progressive Christianity of 50 years ago, which was the progressive Christianity of 50 years before that and 50 years before that. And so we see this consistent change across religion of moral progress even in the religion and they then have to justify the fact that their their moral morality is in contradiction with the bible and so they say oh that was just literal that was that wasn't literal that was figurative that was just eh, you know he didn't really mean that or or they have to look back into the the greek um text to be like oh well well, that word can be interpreted in multiple ways to justify their modern moral progress so we see this moral progress thing even in religions which state that there's this objective moral text which can never be wrong they still end up changing it along the way and absolutely the progressive christianity is just the the most modern most modern example of that and it's not actually in any way strange or out of the ordinary to see that kind of change in christianity or any religion because it happens all the time like even in saudi arabia i think in the past five years or so they started letting women drive like right. there's more progress everywhere yeah and that's crazy that that just happened like a couple of years ago. Women women literally could not drive in the world in some in a place, which is Saudi Arabia. Like that, it's mind blowing to think about that. And but like you were talking about religions, even showing examples of this, like the the Old Testament has the, the Deuteronomy laws. Then you get to the New Testament, they're like, well, you know, you can't do that. So just believe in Jesus, and you're fine. And it's like all of a sudden, it's like love your neighbor and. Uh, let that lady who's an adulteress let her live. You, if you didn't sin, you you shouldn't cast a stone at all. It's like that didn't happen in the Old Testament days. You so you see a progression right there. But even if you go back even farther on a more macro level, you got the the not the um, Hammurabi law codes where it's like eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth. Cut off the person's hand if they steal, or throw them in a lake 
And if they survive, that means God, the God said they're innocent. Like that was part of the plan back then. Like that was from God and people believed it. So yeah. like the morality thing, you could see a progression. It's an evolution. It's based off uh, evidence, knowledge, science. And uh, I think you have a point there. Yeah, it actually goes back farther than that. Like if we look at pygmy societies today, like the cultures that are like um, on those islands that are not explored where the Christians go to try and convert them or whatever, and they just shoot arrows at anything they see. That used to be the morality of humans in the past, back when we were didn't have as much technology, didn't have as many resources. It was essentially, if you see somebody else from another tribe, you kill them, just immediately kill them. Because if they go back to the tribe and tell them where you are, they're going to come kill you and take all your resources. So we can see the moral progress come continue to evolve from the, before we were an agricultural society, before we had any real resources and we were hunter-gatherer societies. The violence of those societies tended to be far greater and they were much more hostile than we are today. So yeah, we can see moral progress throughout all time. And another thing I noticed is like through, I think, I, I think this is an education thing because most people know now that racism is bad, right? Most, most people know that even people who are racist know that other people think racism is bad. So yeah. they are, they're aware of it. Even if they don't, even if they're still racist, they're aware that racism is not good. But you go back a couple hundred years, not even, Racism was like, oh, yeah, the, of course, Europeans are greater than Africans. Of course, the, we're better than Asians. That was like a normal thought. And yeah, it was it was political law. Like they literally said it. It was they made it into laws that, oh, well, the Chinese people are going to put them in cages or it's OK for Africans to be slaves because they're not as human. Yeah, that's a, that was a actual political position. Right. And then and then so like and then you pe the same exact people would say something. If you said like, oh, I had sex last night, I met this chick and we got it on. They would be like, you, oh, you disgusting. What do you talk? Why would you say that? Now you can say that. People are like, ah, eh, nice. Yeah, that's pretty. How was it? Yeah. It's like totally different set of moral standards now. Like yep. you can't be racist, but you can kind of go out and meet people and do your thing. Back then, don't do that. Don't go out and meet people. You're that's disgusting. But racism is normal. It's like, yeah, you you should should stand up for your your uh, ethnic background you should believe in your like that was like it was completely flipped everything's completely flipped on its head since then and i think yeah. it's education definitely and i think that like just seeing the changes is interesting but what's most interesting is that those changes are going in a very specific direction why is it that when we plot these changes out on a graph over time relative to like individual rights or whatever why is it always going in the same direction that's the part that's really interesting. That's the part that like, oh, this could be indicative of something more than just subjective morality. There's a pattern here. There could be something more to it than just our evolution or just our psychology or just our cultures. There could really be an objective thing that we just don't know about yet. All right. Now I'm wondering if this church thing got off the ground, would there be like a, a book of, a book of Richard Dawkins, a book of T jump, would there be like literature like that? Or is it just going to be kind of more based off like, you know, helping you know, charity and stuff and, and getting people together. And what do you like? Well, yeah. So I would definitely, I definitely base mine around the book of uh, my objective morality. So it would definitely be the objective morality thing would be the book that it would be grounded around. Cause it is the point is to ground it around that objective morality for sure. <clears throat> now, how would you put that together though? Um, glue, <laughs> string, ink. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not saying it's impossible. I just, I, that's where I think people would start to like, differ from each other and you know i don't know 
I think that would have to be like a process, I guess. I don't know. Oh yeah, for sure. Like any new ideology always faces um, conflict and people disagreeing and that's fine. The goal would be to present it as an ideology and convince people it's right. Like obviously I'm not like, you must indoctrinate your kids into this idea. Like, no, the goal would be to actually provide my objective morality as something that you could think about contrast with other moralities and if you agree with it that's fine and if you don't that's fine like obviously we're not going to say you must accept the objective morality you're not allowed in the church ban no of course you can you can disagree we can debate whatever but i think that there is a correct objective morality. i think there is a way like i think science will discover objective morality in the future and the question is is what is science going to discover objective morality to be and i think this is the best model to map on to what we discover is science is going to discover objective morality is going to be. And so I think it's a valid uh, goal to present models of objective morality and contrast them and to find out which ones are best. And I think that mine does that very well. Karen Butcher says, why do we de-evolve? Why do cultures develop and grow and then go into dark ages? Why we don't move in a linear fashion? Lack of resources. So like the changes in moral progress happen between of, a, of a, an abundance of resources. So like when we see cultures like the pygmy tribes who haven't had the same moral progress because they haven't had the moral progression. And when we see places that lose resources, they devolve in that sense and that they become more um, rigid and immoral in a sense. They're more, more cold. I forget there's a cold from, there's a quote from the book, The Wretched of the Earth, which is like, uh, harsh environments create harsh people or something like that. Um, so yes, when we lack resources, we see the devolution of morality, but when we increase resources, we see the very clear pattern. And as we look over time, we see that pattern is very consistent. That's a good point. Now, Kyle Christian is objecting to what you're saying. He says, there is no such thing as objective morality. Just by saying it invalidates it. Now, there's a lot of atheists that agree with that. Nietzsche was one of those people who said that what is morality anyway? It's based on what you see, how you see the world. And he, he would say we should focus on the elites only and let them have, let them lead the torch for the Superman. We're the rope of the Superman, basically. Well, I have no idea what he means there because most philosophers are atheists, but most philosophers believe in objective morality. It's, it's like, I, I don't just saying it contradicts itself is just kind of a gibberish statement. Like, no, like if you just go to the fill paper survey for 2020, which is the largest poll of philosophers, um, it'll say like 70 something, like 70% of philosophers are atheists and 60 something percent accept objective morality. So it's, this is not, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm, you know, and I'm pretty sure Nietzsche was alone on that when he was making those statements. Like he was kind of being, trying to, you know, poke the bear, I guess you would say like he was. And, and but here's the thing. I think, I think at some level, like there's basic objective morality, basic things like you don't kill people and you don't steal from people. You don't, there's basic things that every, like, I think people are trying to, when people are trying to go against what you're saying, they're talking about like things that are just like very vague and can go either way. Like situational things, I guess I'm getting that. that makes yeah. Sense. There's definitely, um, a difference between epistemology and ontology. Epistemology is what we know, how we know, and ontology is the facts of the matter, regardless of whether or not we know. So I think there's an objective morality. So there's an answer in every case, regardless of whether or not we know it. And there's some where we just can't know. Like, for example, if you see your your neighbor's door open, you're like, 
they might want that closed. So I'll go close it for them because I think they might want it closed. But maybe they didn't. Maybe they had it open for a really good reason, in which case you've done something that's immoral, immoral essentially. You've made a decision based off of your limited knowledge, which led to some negative consequence and that it was bad. So you, there's definitely cases where your knowledge, you are unable to determine whether or not this action would be moral or immoral. But that doesn't mean there isn't a fact of the matter. There could still be a fact of the matter that it is or isn't, regardless of whether or not you know. So do you think that you would make it, you know, like flexible, I guess, like certain, like you wouldn't have like, thou shall not do this. It would be like, okay, basically this is what it is. Certain situations are different than others. You know what I mean? Yes. So sort of. So I'd say that there is an objective moral principle, which is any involuntary imposition of will is immoral. So that would be the the objective standard, but there's definitely cases where we, have to like um we have to impose on people's wills to protect other people's wills so like stoplights we have to put stoplights there right. so that people don't crash into other people now obviously if we lived in a perfect world where we had all perfect technology um, we wouldn't need that like obviously if, if it's if you like have a perfect machine that can't crash into anybody and everything's automatically driving no no reason to have stoplights but because they're required today to protect people's lives, it is a justified immoral action to force those on people. So there's obviously we have to do the best we can given our limitations to move as close as possible to the best of all possible worlds where there's no involuntary position of will, no, no forcing anybody to do anything they don't consent to. Right. Since we don't have the technologies to do that yet, we can only make small steps towards that. And we there's definitely concessions where we can say, yeah, that's immoral, like putting someone in prison but it's justified because we have to protect the people they'd hurt if we didn't put them in prison. So I, I would definitely make caveats in the sense that there are pragmatic limitations to how far we can go with the objective law, but there is an objective law there. Yeah. And I think obviously it's not like we're trying to, all right, I was just, I know, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm speculating on what you're going, where you're coming from, but it's not like you're saying we should abolish the court system and just have like the set of rules that everyone has to follow. It's like, no, we're, we're just kind of steering the direction of the boat a little bit in better direction than it's going. Yeah, for sure. So obviously, like, until we can change the laws of physics and make the laws of physics um, be the judge. So like, it's um, if it's physically impossible to force someone to do something they don't consent to, well, then we don't need a judge and jury anymore because if it's not possible, they can't do a crime. If you, you right. can't, if it's physically impossible to steal something, no reason to have a judge. So until until that point, we need to keep court systems and police and stuff. They're, they're good as a deterrent, as a way to punish people who do um, commit crimes and as a way to deter future crimes and as a way to protect people who would be victims of future crimes. So courts are a justified immoral action. They're, they're not a good thing. It's not, we wouldn't, we wouldn't, we would not want these in the best of all possible worlds, but given our limitations, they are useful. They're pragmatic in the fact that they prevent greater harm that would take place if they were not there that's a good point you were talking about technology that we don't have the technology yet now when you, when you say that what are you, are you talking about ai or what do, you, what do you mean by that like well yeah like there's many ways we can improve our technology and when we do we can give people more freedoms so like if we have self-driving cars no reason to have stoplights no reason to have stoplights no reason to have anything on no speed limits do whatever you want because the cars are going to be essentially as safe as possible. So you don't, you don't need those things anymore. So every advancement we can make in technology, we can get rid of limitations on people. Um, once we make 
drugs that can get you high without doing any damage at all well, there's no reason to have drug laws anymore like if especially if there's automated cars and you can't drive anywhere why have drug laws get just legalize the drug because there's no reason to make it illegal anymore it can't hurt anything so as our technology improves the limitations that we place on people the legal limitations will no longer be required we can just get rid of them so uh, and there are many examples that are already in place that should be legal but aren't like marijuana should be legal um like uh, paying people living, living wage. You should, you should definitely be paying people living wage. That would be a good thing. Like gerrymandering should not be legal. That's, that's, that's not fair. So there's lots of examples today where we can. That's crazy. Give people... That stuff happens too. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, there's lots of examples we can give to where we are technologically to the point where we don't need this to be illegal anymore. So it shouldn't be illegal and it still is. And we can change that. So there's obviously pragmatic applications for today. And as we grow in technology, there will be more pragmatic applications in the future. So it gives us a guide of how to go from our current world to the best of all possible worlds step by step. And like one of the possibilities like, well, maybe we can upload our consciousness to computers or whatever. That would be a way to get to the best of all possible worlds real fast for the people who chose it. Not We wouldn't force everybody into it. Another is that once we get enough control over physics, we can stop things like rocks falling on people. We just make that physically impossible. That would be awesome. So once we get to like the very edge of Technolo technologically controlling physics there's lots of things we could do wow that's literally like the definition of forward thinking like you're really reaching for the stars here because this is all it all sounds like almost impossible but like is it really though like it might be. some of this stuff could be doable you know i mean we we look at nature right we look at certain birds or certain insects that fly and we have the technology to emulate that in a computer and then produce a, a, a machine that can copy that. And so we can sort of, we're sort of on our way almost into a world that's going to be full of technological advancements that are going to make life way easier for everybody. We're already halfway there, I think. Uh, we're not halfway, but we're, we're making progress because I see yeah. there's a lot. Like I'd say, I like the Thomas Edison quote, you only know a millionth of 1% of anything. So even though what we think of is all of this stuff we have is like really cool, really advanced. We're still only at the, the cusp, the very beginning of real technological advance. Like we're going to see Star Trek is going to be a thing where we can just print food, where there's no money, where people are just, you don't need a job anymore. You can just live like that's going to be a thing in the future. And we're going to keep moving forward from that. More freedoms are going to be allowed to people. Um, so yeah, like all this stuff I'm describing, none of this is unrealistic. All these are possible things that we can achieve in the future with enough technology. That's fascinating because, you know, you talk about like a world where people wouldn't have to work. For example, we have robots doing everything, right? Yep. Okay. It's possible. But like, how do you, like, so there's going to be people fighting that till, till the end. Well, it doesn't have to work. Doesn't mean you don't have, doesn't mean you can't choose to. So if you can still choose to work if you want. So if you disagree with the, the robot run system, you can still have a job. It's not going to force you to not work. Yeah. And then now, so now this is going to get crazy because you know, I had Lawrence Cross, awesome. Lawrence Cross, we were talking about stuff like this, like climate change is inevitable. Even if we did everything we could, even if we stopped using fossil fuels, we did everything in our power to reverse it. The sun's going to keep doing its thing. Eventually it's going to blow up and the earth will be within the sun's realm. That's, I mean, that's billions of years, but yeah, it's still going to happen regardless of whatever we do. So then it's like, then you just start thinking of like, do we have to get off the planet? You start thinking of all these different things of what we what we have to do to 
eventually that's going to be a thing on the table. Now, we don't think right now we're like, we have so far from that, which we do. But it's like when, when that point happens a million years from now or whatever, the people are going to wish that our our generation was already getting that ball rolling. You know, why didn't they? Why weren't they starting earlier on doing all this stuff? It's like you got to think about that. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I'm not too worried about the red giant phase right, of just, the, yeah, the sun because that's that's tens of millions of years away. Right. But like Yellowstone National Park, uh, it's overdue for its big explosion because it's a giant volcano. In case you didn't know, and I live pretty close to it, uh, wow. hilariously. But yeah, and it's gonna when it goes off, it's gonna essentially block light for most of the planet and kill a large portion of the population of the planet. So yes, we should be doing something about this, presumably. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't. I think that when we start to develop artificial intelligence, it's going to be able to do a lot of this stuff for us. It's going to, it's going to be able to change a lot of these things. So one of the things I disagree with you and Krauss on is like, yeah, there is, we can combat climate change. There is definitely ways to do it. Like there are many companies working on kinds of sea saltwater algaes. Saltwater algaes can suck up carbon dioxide from the ocean and reflect light from the sun. And it can, if we just cover the oceans, that would, it would, it would be more than enough to combat, um, global warming in fact it would cause the opposite which would be bad so we, we can definitely overdo it so there's definitely ways we can stop global warming and reverse it even um so i don't really see a big issue with that it's definitely going to in increase for some period of time where we're going to have uh water levels increase and lots yeah. of things but it's just it's definitely reversible no yeah I, i'm not saying we should give up on it because it's inevitable obviously we have to do what we have to do like we have to fight it obviously um that's a good point and then, then, like, so then, let's say we do have uh, the technology to have this like virtual reality where any anybody can just plug into a computer like the Matrix and live their entire universe that they can create and they can do whatever they want in that universe. Once you get to that point, then then what do you do to get people to like care about the real world again? Well, at that point, we're gonna have AIs that can do everything, so it's just pretty much up to choice at that point. And I don't, I don't think we need to. If people if people want to just That's live their entire right there, life. Pretty much, yeah. That would be essentially better it really than. Is. Think healthcare. about it. Yeah. So yeah, you you would you wouldn't die like we could we can solve death by then no problem. We're actually working on that now with uh, telomeres and stuff. We've increased the lifespan of a mouse by twenty five percent or something. So life we're working on getting rid of death, which I think is the most immoral thing imaginable. Like I think if we think about the number of people who die from natural causes every year is equivalent to the number of people Hitler killed essentially. So being able to solve that would be the greatest moral achievement in human history ever, given that we can provide enough resources to have them all starve to death. Um, but yeah, so I think that when we get technologically to the point where we can upload ourselves, it should just be up to their choice. Like if you don't want to care about the real world and you just want to be in the matrix, you should have that choice. Go for it. If you would just want to be in the real world and don't want to be in the matrix, your choice, go for it. Um, I don't think we should have any obligation to try and make people, like the real world or care about it so i think it should be individual freedoms you choose what you want to do that's so fascinating even to think about like just have like the thought of that actually happening is mind-blowing but then it's like how do you protect the matrix who controls it who has that who has the button basically that can turn it on and off and who's going to be the one you know someone that's going to be a thing too someone has to be the one to be like, controlling all the technology that AIs, AIs are going to do it. Some, so some who's going to control the AIs? They well, no one because they're AIs. They're AGI. You AGI think AIs that take over is like the focal point of this world. Is like they're going to be on top of humans in the food chain. Basically. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's there's no doubt about it. Like that's 100 percent going to happen. The only 
like debatable factor is like if we can integrate our minds with the ai's minds then it would be that would be like a mixed thing where you have integrated consciousnesses that would be fine um but yeah we're going to have ais that are so agi artificial general intelligence is the kind that is essentially at the human level and then an asi uh superior intelligence is the ones that can do better everything better than humans we're not going to be able to stop them they win so now you get like people like sam harris and uh elon musk they'll like they kind of are cautious about this and say hey, if ai realizes they don't need us we're, we're, they're going to kill us all off and they're just going to do their own thing how is that possible well anything's possible but i'd say that the one thing we can do to prevent that is just give the ai morality give them a, a if we happen to have this convenient objective morality system that makes it like immoral to i don't know force people to do things they don't consent to ah problem solved now the ai is like well it's wrong to kill people and if i understand that then i won't kill people so the solution to the ai problem is give them morality and if we have an objective morality or a good model of morality like oh i don't know mine mine mine's good um that will protect us in some sense or give us a safety net to make that less likely that they're going to turn us all into paper clips like nick bostrom says that's sounds like easy i feel like that sounds like it's easier said than done because if you have an ai that has that much intelligence don't you think it's kind of natural that some there's going to be some bad robots basically that are going to try to take this thing over or no uh well there's definitely gonna be some like the Chinese who are going to try and take the AI over. Yes. Uh, and, and if they do, then we're all screwed. So if AI makes artificial intelligence first, we're in a lot of trouble uh, in China, if China makes it first. But I don't think that's the case. I think that the the technological leaders are America, the UK, Japan, South Korea. Those are the ones who are more likely to develop an artificial intelligence. And they are moral-ish, moral-ish. And I think that because I mentioned earlier, I do believe there's evidence of objective morality. I think the AI will itself develop an objective morality, whether we program one into it or not. And I think it will tend towards my model, uh, the pattern, whatever pattern it lands on will tend to go in the direction of my model towards the best of all possible worlds. So I'm not as concerned about the AI turning us all into paperclips. Now, this is just a thought experiment now. Now, now I'm just playing around here. And we were talking about the inevitable tens of millions of years from now, the sun over, you know, the earth being just destroyed by the sun, right? Yeah. Now, at that point in time, we, we're already in this matrix and we don't really care about what's happening. How do we, what do we float in space and just get on a spit ship and just float off into space for eternity? Is that what, is that the solution to that? Sure. That'd be one solution. We can go to other planets. We can build our own planets. We can build a Dyson sphere. We can add more helium to, or add more helium and hydrogen to the sun to make it not turn into a red giant just give it more fuel like lots of solutions to that but yeah essentially at that point tens of millions of years in the future if if we haven't been destroyed by a black hole or something yeah the ai will be able to take care of it like it's gonna be way smarter than we are like we don't even need to think about it that's true i guess the ai is gonna be the ai is like gonna be god basically <laughs> well i mean I really think about it it really is i, I think that our concept of a god is very anthropocentric in that we think that oh True. it's just it's so much more powerful that we'll just call that god but when i think when right. i think god i think something that like created everything it's not going to do that it's not it's not going to be that kind of a god but it would definitely be so much more powerful than we are now that it will seem like a god to us you know it's funny you say that because i was talking to a christian we we're just having a dialogue and 
um, we're talking about simulation hypothesis and and he was like yeah the simulation hypothesis is real that would mean then the bible is true because that's because the simulation produced all this and so that would mean everything that's religion based off religion is has to be real and i'm like it's funny how our minds are like trained to think uh simulation therefore the creator therefore judgment it's like why why is that even if i, I think simula- i think the simulation about this is, is nuts but if it was true that doesn't mean therefore there's judgment at the end and this god wants you to do things it's like what where do you get that from and yeah that like, seems to be very that? Yeah, that seems to be like a very god god presupposition kind of a belief because yeah simulation hypothesis to mind makes sense because all of our computers are made by mind so if there's if it's a computer it was probably made by a mind you just use some kind of an inductive argument to say eh, most of our computers are made by minds it's a computer it's probably made by a mind or something like that and that isn't necessarily true like maybe there's some kind of fundamental information processing thing in the universe because information is theorized to be fundamental to the universe without a mind just fine um but yeah like if even if we were in a programmed universe which i don't think we are either maybe the creator just doesn't give a crap about us maybe maybe we do have an afterlife and it's just everybody gets to go to heaven or whatever or build your own universe um there's infinitely many possibilities of what that could be like um, but i do think it's reasonable in a sense to say if we are in a simulation it was probably made by a mind of some kind yeah now i'm gonna switch it up completely right now i'm gonna get you right oh, one sec. i got a super chat question oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 uh warden asked would it be possible to make a human the first artificial intelligence to copy a brain in totality i think probably not i think that the technology to copy a brain in an entirety would probably take an, an asi to do it so until i think it will require us getting some kind of artificial intelligence and either integrating it into a mind or building a true ai just out of a computer those are the more likely to be the first cases of an ai consciousness yeah I guess you just answered that perfectly. I don't really have anything to add to that. Now, I want to soberly remind you right now, bring us, this is a sobering reminder of where we're at, how primitive we still are right now, how far away I think we are to getting to where you're talking about. Because the most viral person right now, who's the new Takashi 69, to say, is this guy right here. I'm about to play a clip. I want to get your reaction. And this is all going to tie in. It's, it's going to seem like I'm going into left field right now. But I'm playing this for a reason, and I'm, I want to get your reaction on this. So here it is. I sold my soul. You understand know what I'm saying? And uh, ever since I sold my soul, I haven't been happy ever since. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ain't gotta believe me. It ain't what it is. I, I like. I'm not even capping. It's because listen, I had to do it. You understand know what I'm saying? Because like there was things that I could sacrifice about and stuff like that, and I sacrificed myself. I did it a week ago. I haven't been happy ever since. I've been having anxiety every single day. What did I wish for? To be famous and be rich. You ain't rich, not yet. So was it worth it? It hasn't been done yet. It takes time. Now I gotta be patient. I got offered twice, twice. I've been offered twice. First time I didn't take it. And when you when you don't sell your soul, you gotta do it original. You gotta do it authentic, and um, it was too. I feel like it was too hard. <laughs> so first, let's get your reaction. What do you think about that? Um. So evolution has this wonderful thing where there's a spectrum, 
it has it has the really smart people and the really stupid people uh, coming over yeah no and the reason why so there's a reason why this ties in it's like education is so important right and this person's talking about selling a soul to the devil okay there's so many things wrong with that clip you know you know what I'm saying? yeah right and it's like this guy is on the he's becoming more and more famous every single day he's probably going to make millions of dollars in his lifetime because of that because of just who he is because of how interesting i guess he is and it's like our it's a sobering reminder of how primitive we still are i think in a way yeah i totally agree i think that because of evolution our brains have evolved in such a way that there are many fallacies biases illusions delusions misconceptions that are primed in our brain to make us attracted to certain things that are completely illogical that used to be advantageous for evolutionary reasons in the past now it's just garbage so like one of the big examples is religion like uh, um, type one and type two fallacies the idea that if you hear a rustle in the bushes and you think it's just the wind or you remain skeptical a scientific mind be like i'm not going to make a judgment until i have evidence well you get eaten by the lion um but the, the guy who's like oh there's a lion in the bushes or a god or something that runs away he survives and so because the person who remains skeptical until evidence is provided gets eaten by the lion and the person who runs away and thinks it's a god survives evolution has prioritized the kind of mind that gets attracted to very silly things like a god or that volcano erupted must have been a but have been a demon or something uh, and so there's lots of different examples that human minds are attracted to very silly things because of evolutionary proclivities that have no real bearing on the world and that is a very good example of how primitive we are in a lot of ways and to overcome that we're definitely going to need the whole like mental integration thing because that's not going to go away by education that's a, that's a fundamental part of just what causes dopamine to be released in our brains and in order to sh change that you're going to need some kind of way to integrate technology into our brains to just stop it from doing that be like stop doing the silly fallacy silly brain yeah so what what do you do about how do you get people to I mean, I, I don't know. It's like, get, that sounds like ridiculous. How do you get people? But like, do we just keep, I mean, what are we, what happens now? Like, do we just keep doing what we're doing and keep building on technology? Do we, do we give our resources to the people on the top like the UN and just let them keep pushing forward and let everyone else get dragged along? Like that's sort of a Nietzschean idea. The UN is garbage. So other than that, um, <laughs> I, I would say that we just keep doing what we're currently doing. Like as long as there are no massive extinction events like Yellowstone National Park or anything, our technology tends to make people smarter. As we gain more technology, people tend to increase their intelligence and their knowledge and their awareness. The percentage of atheists goes up. The percentage of smart people goes up. Um, and we know that we can just look at all the de developed nations that have been in this situation for long enough to realize that the average IQ or the average human has been doing significantly better than they did hundreds or thousands of years ago so the fact that there are outliers where there's some really crazy stupid people doesn't contradict the fact that overall people are increasing and being better and living better and being happier and becoming more intelligent and learning more knowledge today is significantly more than it was in the past so i'm not too worried about it like obviously the fact that you can cherry pick some really crazy people um doesn't really doesn't really say anything towards the overall progress of society. It's a good point.
And um, so do you, do, I mean, do you, do you believe in democracy is like a, is, is something that's. No, let's go with fascism. Fascism. <laughs> no, I mean, I would say that the ideal political system, I don't know, like, obviously when the AI runs everything, it's going to be smarter than us anyway. Why, you know, that, wouldn't that be fascism kind of? Maybe. I don't know. Could be. Because fascism, we, we all hear that word. We think of Hitler. We think of whatever. We think of the worst. And I mean, it's it's a Mussolini. bad. Yeah, it's a bad system. Now, but like when it was intentional, when it was created, it was the, the the word fascism means like to bundle together. So I guess Mussolini invented this term. What he was trying to do is the, the, the bundle of sticks being strong together. But when it's separate, you take one stick off, you can snap it. But when you put the sticks together and tie them together, all of a sudden you have a strong bond. That's the, that was the goal of fascism was to take to like you know take all the strong suits of you know government and philosophy and ethics and put them all into one system and run it like that but it failed so for some reason it turned into Mussolini and Hitler so it's like what AI corrupts. the question is would AI do a better job and I guess from based off what you're saying yeah well I think so I don't think that would qualify as fascism because fascism is usually characterized by like forceful suppression of opposition which would not be a part of the thing to do so that's, that's not true. we wouldn't be doing that we wouldn't have like you made that thing is, too. you're right another thing is the complete control over the economy or, or very strong control of the economy through government oversight which also not really a thing like we wouldn't need that with the ais it could do whatever wouldn't make a difference so there's a lot of things with fascism that I don't think would fit exactly with having, because the AI would not be like a government that's ruling over you. It would just be more like a safety net system and nothing more. There's no like individual who's has power over anything. Yeah. So we just have to get these AIs going so they can figure everything out for us and get us yep. into the matrix and we can be in heaven in the real, a real heaven. Yes. <laughs> and that's the, that's the goal. I mean, who, how can you argue against that? How can you argue against having your own universe? Well, I'd say that many people don't want the matrix universe where it's just digital. They want an actual one. So I'd say that the matrix is a next step. Like it's a step in the right direction, but there's more steps after that, which would be as we gain more knowledge in physics and more scientific control over physics, we don't need to make a digital version. We can literally just make new universes, make new planets for each individual person who wants one or um, make technological ships for everybody who wants one. And so there's a stage where it would be the matrix is a stepping stone where for people who want to go to their own universe digitally, they can, but there's more steps after that where we actually make it a real thing where you actually, once we have enough control over physics, we'll just give you your own planet, give you your own solar system, galaxy, whatever. Yeah. Now I'm, I'm thinking like, it's probably almost impossible to to weed out the religious movements. Like even in even in the technological world, there's still going to be people that are gonna, like, "There's more than this. There is a God." They're going to want to fight against the system, possibly sure. even start a war against the whole technologically technological movement. I mean, what do you do in that situation? Well, since I'm starting a church, not a government, we'll leave that up to the government. Um, yeah. But I would say that there's nothing wrong with religious people. I'd say, yeah, we can accept them. Like they can, they can still do their own thing however they want, as long as they don't involuntarily impose on other people or try to force other people to do things they don't consent to. 
there's nothing wrong with religious people. They can, they can have their own universe. They can worship God. They can go to churches. I'm totally fine with religious people in general. Uh, I don't think there's any reason to suppress them or to try to limit them or to try to deter them. They can believe creationism if they want. I don't, I think they can believe anything they want. So I'm, I don't really have an issue with religious people unless they, of course, they like to try to start wars, starting wars. That, that's a problem. Probably need to do something about that. That's why we need to not get rid of mil militaries. But right. I, I think religious people in general, there's nothing wrong with them. I think they're perfectly fine to be religious. And I think it's important to bring that up is because people are, are going to believe what they want to believe. You can't, you can't prevent, like, there's nothing you could do. People believe what they believe. Like there's reasons why they have experiences. They take DMT a lot and they just get like, Hey, you know, the, I met I met God on DMT. I was one of those people. That's why I'm saying that. I used to say that all the time because I used to, I used to uh, play around with that stuff. But um, but yeah, that's like people are gonna naturally believe what they want, and it's like as long as you do that in your own like you, you're it's all in the self and not in the we have to do this or you should do this, then everything's fine. It's like it's just yeah. it's another belief like anything else. Like I believe the Bills are gonna win tonight or the Sabers or the whatever yeah. team it's just <laughs> but it's like that's just what it is it's just a belief that's all it is there's nothing wrong with it yeah absolutely i think that the only like i said i think there is an objective moral principle which is any involuntary imposition of will is immoral so as long as you don't impose on other people without their consent you can believe whatever you want i don't care go for it that's a good thing to end on i think unless you have anything you had to add uh bill suck mm. <laughs> they just got crushed too <laughs> But um, yeah, I don't know. Thanks for coming on. This has been fun. It's really fascinating stuff that you actually are thinking forward. You really are a forward thinker. Like the definition of forward thinker, I would say is you. Like you can't get any forward than that. Is let's get to heaven on earth. Like that's that's basically what you're trying to get to. Is like let's make yeah. this a reality. Yeah, let's end death. Death kind of sucks, and if God designed it, God's a dick. So let's just not have that anymore. It reminds you of the Bible verse. I think it's in Corinthians. It's like, oh, death, where is thy sting? It's like, you yeah. really you really want to say that. You really want yeah. to be able to say that and then show that you can say that. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. I think people should be able to get behind that. Cool. All right. And uh, everyone who's watching, you have just attained true gnosis.